Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. I've been reading excerpts from a book by Rosaria Butterfield called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. I mean, the title alone hits hard, doesn't it? But her backstory is that she was a literary professor who was writing this book about how Bible-believing Christians are the worst. They are hypocrites, and she said all kinds of other things. But in order to write the book, she had to do some research and spend time with these Bible-believing Christians that she'd grown to pretty much hate. So she wrote this open letter about how terrible they were that got published. But a local pastor reached out and gently said, I read your article. Thank you so much for your thoughts. We'd love to have you over for dinner. And so because she had to do some research anyway to prove her theory, she said yes and she just began to go over to their house on a regular basis to hang out with them to spend time with them and she found their life and their family and their faith to be more compelling than anything she had ever come to experience over time and it was through spending time with them and being around them that she became a follower of Jesus She is now this brilliant writer with a passion for us to really understand what hospitality should look like. And she explains that we have to go back to the Bible to see that hospitality should be an integral part of what we do, not just some fringe concept or fringe idea for extroverted people who love to entertain, but that hospitality is a core value and a call that we are to obey and say yes to when we decide that we follow Jesus. And in Ivy's year of blessing, we don't just want it to be about us receiving all the blessings God has for us, and he will have so many, but we're called to be a blessing to others, to be a blessing to the world. And this starts with us having hospitable hearts. This means us having hearts that are open to others. It's a word that means not that we just get something, but that we do something. A dictionary definition is receiving or treating guests or strangers warmly and generously. And that is exactly what Abraham and Sarah did in the passage we're looking at today. Abraham and Sarah have lots we can learn from. They were some of the first examples in the Bible of what it means to open up our homes and welcome people in. In fact, to be fair, this kind of hospitality is a lot more common in some cultures still around the world than it is here in Britain. There's an old phrase you might have heard of where they say an Englishman's home is his castle. And you know what, maybe since COVID, we've started to keep our drawbridge up more often than not. But, and there is a challenge here, what if this means by keeping our drawbridges up, not only do we forfeit blessing others, but as we will see, we can also miss out on lots of blessings 
when we choose to lock others out of our lives. We're in Genesis 18 and in this part of the story, Abraham was visited by three men one day. The men turned out to be unusual guests to say the least and the visit was life-changing for Abraham and Sarah. It says in Genesis 18, Now the Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth trees of Mamre and Hebron while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. When he raised his eyes and looked up, behold, three men were standing a little distance from him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. And Abraham said, my Lord, if now I have found favour in your sight, please do not pass by your servant without stopping to visit. Please let a little water be brought by one of my servants and you may wash your feet and recline and rest comfortably under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread to refresh and sustain you. After that, you may go on since you have come to your servant. And they replied, do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, get ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and bake cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and brought a calf, tender and choice, and he gave it to the servant and he hurried to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before the men. And he stood beside them under the tree while they ate. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, there in the tent. They said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife will have a son. Now, I like to think of myself as a pretty hospitable person. I like people, I like opening up our home, and I like getting to know people better. But we have a son called Noah and he's nine. And if you know him, you will know that he is a whole other level of hospitable. If you know him, you'll know it's true. He'll already be super giddy if he knows you're coming. He'll tell me in the morning that he spent the night dreaming about you coming over. He'll give you the best welcome, whether that's in our home or it's at church. He'll love you really well and you'll feel very wanted. He's been known to be on welcome team and being the best welcomer. He'll invite you in without hesitation. He's also the first to notice a homeless person and ask them their name and if they would like anything from the shop. Noah shows a kindness and openness that often I'm really challenged by that I'm not sure I always have if I'm honest. And many of you will have had him say, do you want to come to our house for lunch? And sometimes it throws me right off because I'm thinking, no, the house is too messy, I've got nothing in, it's just not quite the right time. But yet he is right. He naturally gets what we as followers of Jesus are asked to do. You see, Jesus shows us that we don't need a perfect home for him to come to. He didn't have one. Yet he invited himself to partake in the hospitality of others, like at the wedding of Cana, or when he'd go to the home of his friends Martha and Mary. He even invited himself to Zacchaeus' house, who he barely knew at all. And I love in John's Gospel of the Message Version of the Bible, where it says, Jesus is God moving into our neighbourhood. 
like he made himself at home right here. And one day he is coming to take us to be with him and feast forever. Jesus's extraordinary hospitality meant that he was the perfect guest and the perfect host because he loved people. Whether it was the Pharisee host who didn't bother to help him wash his hands or the broken woman who washed his feet with her tears, he was the perfect guest and perfect host because he loved people. So there are three key points that I think we can learn from this passage of scripture. And they are about people, they are about God's promises, and they are about practice. For many Christians, we know Abraham as one of the many heroes of the faith, but he's also famous for Muslims and Jews too, of course. We read about him and see that the reason everyone's heard of him is that despite some stumbles along the way, that ultimately he believed and trusted God and God honoured him for his faith and obedience. He lived out his call and purpose through God. And as we've read, this included the time he and his wife, Sarah, opened up their home to three men who just happened to be away. God was revealing himself in person right here in the Old Testament. This was a divine encounter, though, of course, they didn't know that at the start. And we know that at the very least that the three men were of God and were sent by him. And at times one is identified as the Lord or the messenger of God. So when Abraham sees them a little way off, he runs to invite them into his tent. Why? Because he knew God. He had a relationship with him. He knew he was a blessed man and he wanted to share his blessings. God had already appeared to him a few times by now saying, I am going to bless you. So Abraham loved to share the blessings, knowing whatever he did or gave that God would bless and bless again. He knew there would be more to come. So Abraham invites these three men to his tent and what does he do? Well, he washes their feet and he gives them something to drink. And then he and his family prepare a feast for them. And together they do the best they can as quickly and as well as they can to care for their guests. Abraham and Sarah's hospitality gives us a glimpse into just how important and often life-changing inviting people that you don't know or know well into your home, whatever your home is like. It doesn't have to be grand in any way, shape or form, but that can lead to new brilliant friendships and important life-changing conversations. Like Abraham was old, and also really wealthy. So he could have had one of his servants see to the unannounced guests, but he didn't. Together with Sarah, he gave them himself and the best that he had. You know, relationships and sharing a meal go hand in hand and these strangers began to be friends. And later on, Abraham gets called the friend of God. They all at this time reaped a deeper understanding of each other by relationally sharing a meal and an extended encounter. And this remains true today. Some of you remember a few years ago at Ivy, we had a 40 days of food during Lent with the idea being that you invited those you didn't know over to your place for food. And we did this as a family. We hadn't been at Ivy that long and it seemed a good way of getting to know people. And today, 
Some of those people are our closest friends. I can fully recommend you do it. In fact, there's going to be an opportunity here at Ivy for a Friday supper evening on the 17th of March. So keep an eye out for further details on that. But when we think of people and the word hospitality in the New Testament, it means something different to how we understand it now. In the Greek, the word is philozenian. Philo means love and xenos means stranger or foreigner. It's the complete opposite of xenophobia. So it's not the fear of a stranger at all, it's the love and welcome of a stranger. The author of the book of Hebrews says, do not forget to show hospitality for strangers, for by doing it, so some people, i.e. Abraham, have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. And how true was this for Abraham and Sarah? If you know their story, then you'll know that they had been childless for many, many years and it had caused them a lot of hurt and pain. But Abraham had heard God say that he would be the father of many nations. And many years after that, God told Abraham that he and Sarah would have a son. And then we have the three men in this story who Abraham and Sarah opened up their home to, who also prophesied that Sarah would be pregnant with a son. It was so hard for them to believe as they were so very old. Yet it's exactly what happened. Almost a year to the day, Sarah gave birth to Isaac. Just think for one moment, if Abraham and Sarah hadn't been so welcoming and offered such great hospitality, what they would have missed. Like what and who are we missing if we don't open up our own homes? Our God is a God who loves to bless and Abraham knew this and so can we. We don't want to ever miss what blessings God has for us but we want to be people who actively seek him and what he has for us and for others. And this wasn't like God was obligated, but somehow the hospitality draws God closer. Like our God is incredibly generous and it really is true. And we see it here that you can't outgive God. We read in Luke 14, 12 to 14, then he turned to his host and said, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives and rich neighbours, for they will invite you back and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. God doesn't overlook our efforts. He promises to reward us for the just of our hospitality in his name at his resurrection. Therefore, what could it look like for us to be blessed and for us to be a blessing? We have some examples then in the text about Abraham and Sarah and their openness to strangers becoming friends and how they put themselves out to bring others in. But of course, as always, the perfect example is Jesus, who welcomes us all to his, with his love and his table as he did with his friends. 
but I also know many of you here are brilliant at it. We see it all the time in those who serve refreshments, a part of the welcome team, in the cafe team at Ivy Cafe, and over the last year following the war in the Ukraine, some Ivy people have opened up their homes to host Ukrainian guests. We have many who are serving refugee families and loving them so well. And we have you who open up your homes weekly for grow groups and the 20s to 30s meals. Thank you to you all. You challenge and inspire us. And we would love you to help the rest of us to see how we can be involved, how we can play our part in practicing hospitality. And when we look at the practice of Jesus, when he was with people, we see how he would stop and spend time with those who were on the margins or ostracized or the leper pushed away from their community or those who had wandered away from their faith. And then he would open his heart or he came to their home and invited himself over because he was amazing at being both guest and host. Jesus loved them right where they were at. Then he would say, come and follow me. You are so welcome. He never worried about the messiest moments of hospitality. He was the perfect host amongst the imperfect mess. We read in the scriptures that Jesus didn't just hang out with people who wouldn't bring any drama to his life, but yet he chose to share his time with the poor and those who were flawed. In fact, on the day that he was crucified, as he hung there on the cross, he turned to the convicted criminal beside him and offered him a place in his father's house. How incredible is that? You see, hospitality is about inclusion. It's about service. Jesus came to give and receive as both host and guests. He calls for us to make it therefore a regular rhythm of our life that's driven by generosity and a love for others and a love for those that don't yet know him. It's the kind of generosity that doesn't expect anything in return because ultimately it's what we do in extreme hospitality that has eternal consequences. It's what we do in extreme hospitality that has eternal consequences. In Rosaria Butterfield's book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key, there's a quote that says, radically ordinary hospitality is those who live it, see strangers as neighbours and neighbours as family of God. They recoil at reducing a person as a category or label. They see God's image reflected in the eyes of every human being on earth. Those who live out radically ordinary hospitality see their homes not theirs at all, but as God's gift to us to use for the furtherance of his kingdom. They open doors, they seek out the underprivileged. They know that the gospel comes with a house key. Abraham and Sarah demonstrated this radical hospitality when they opened up their tent for three strangers who turned out to be angels sent by God. Through creating a home for all in opening up their tent, their act of radical ordinary hospitality became an incredible source of blessing above all measure. And we want that for ourselves, don't we? Let me pray for us now as we end.
Lord Jesus, I open my life to you, however you come. Whether that's through people or through problems, I want to open my life to you, to say yes to you when you are knocking at my door. I choose to believe your promises and know you are a God of incredible blessing. Help me see how I can be a blessing to others as I use my gift of hospitality to help bring people to you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.